Subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and Garrett are here again and uh, excited to spend some more time with you all today. I'm excited about our topic we're going to cover today. Before we jump into that, we have a special announcement from Matt Benelli. So Matt, we're going to turn it over to you for a second. Dude, this is exciting. So all of y'all have probably heard us talk about the installation taking place in Charleston, November 7th through 11th. Well, we are going to host a live recording podcast. So meaning Garrett and I are going to record podcasts with a live audience and we want you guys to come. It's free to attend. Princeton Mortgage is going to host it at their offices in Charleston on November 8th. That's a Tuesday. And we're going to open it up around 6 p.m. And we'll get you some more details. The best way to find details in RSVP to let us know if you're going to be there so we can get a head count so we can provide some food and some beverages. Just head over to the Ninja Selling Podcast Live dot C-A-R-R-D dot co. That's a temporary URL right now. It will be live when this episode is live. The Ninja Selling Podcast Live dot C-A-R-R-D dot co. We'll put it in the show notes. And we'll also announce it in our Facebook community as well. But it's going to be an awesome time. If you guys want to uh, be a part of a podcast, this is going to be the time to do it. We'll probably record a couple episodes or so and talk about some things. We'll get to hang out with everybody. And so just head over to that site. Let us know you're going to be there. And we look forward to seeing everybody. Food and drink. I mean, what could be better on a Tuesday night in Charleston? How many people can the venue hold? We could probably get at least 40, 50 people in there. Wondering what point we need special permits in case a thousand people show up. Are we that big? I mean, you guys would have to travel to Charleston. So it's up to you. I mean, if you want to fly out for that, I mean, maybe see if there's an extra seat in the installation. We had, we did say that it was full, but we did open up, uh, or I should say they opened up a few more seats. So you might be able to sneak a seat in there if there might be one available. Come see the installation. Come see us podcast. Be a part of the podcast. It'll be a fantastic time, Garrett. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be some fun. It'll be a good time. All right. Is that the special announcement? Are we good? That's the special announcement. I liked it. I liked it. All right. So with moving forward, today we're going to talk about a topic. It's funny that has been a staple of Ninja for as long as I've been around Ninja. And in the last couple of years, this idea has not really been talked about very much. It's kind of been shelved for a little bit here because people are like, why do we care about this? And it's the idea that the parade only comes by once. And what we mean by that is that when you put a home on the market, there's a parade of buyers that are out there in the marketplace at that given time. And this parade of buyers is going to come through that house the minute it goes on the market. They're all waiting for a new property to come on, something new, something fresh, something different. And they'll hit that house. Now, in the couple of years past, the issue and the reason that we haven't talked about this at all is the parade comes through and somebody goes, okay, I want it. And somebody else says, I want it. And somebody else says, I want it. And they all write offers. And all of a sudden you have a bidding war on the property. So it really didn't make that big of a difference. And there's a lot of agents that took advantage of it, not making a difference. And they kind of dressed the house down going like, eh, we really don't need to do the fix it up all the way. We don't need to do fancy pictures. We don't need to do fancy stuff. We don't need to stage. Marketplace is starting to change a little bit. Now we have the parade coming through and the parade's going, nah, I don't like it. And they're going off and looking at other homes. 
And the agents are sitting around going, what in the world just happened? We got all these showings. We got no offers. How in the world do I explain this to my sellers? Because they were expecting we were going to have multiple offers and have this thing fly off the shelves because it's a nice home. And all of a sudden, we're sitting around going, what in the world just happened? Well, to all of you listening, the parade came through. Parade didn't like your float. We can correct it. We can fix it. And Matt, this is what I want to talk to you about today is that one is, how do we prepare for the parade? And also, if we're not prepared for the parade, how quickly can we actually incur damages because we weren't ready for the parade? So good morning, sir. Good morning. So uh, this is a fun topic because I'm pretty sure I was on record a few months ago saying, I think that the fall market's still going to be strong. There's going to be demand out there. While I haven't been proven right or wrong at this point, I think there's a lot of people going, oh man, but everything's so slow. But there are buyers out there. This goes into... If you position properly, so you get the parade, not only the parade, but the right parade. That comes to a pricing discussion, which we'll probably say, but preparing your home is so many things. And we've talked about all of this stuff in many podcasts, but I want people to think about it this way. like Being show ready is more than even just the staging and everything. It's, it's all how you introduce this property to attract the parade. It's not like it's down the street waiting for you to be ready. You need to direct the parade over to you by coming on and being, hey, here I am, let's go. And from a statistic point of view, there's a lot of different charts that people have out there showing this, but there's the parade of people physically coming through, but there's the online parade as well, which I used to use a chart in my pre-listing packet that showed, okay, in the first couple of days on market, like activity of people looking at your listing because it's every buyer that's out there in the marketplace sees it. Oh, all that activity goes up. And then it starts to hit the top of the curve and comes down and trails off because now only new buyers entering the market are going to see it after that. And that's what we mean by the parade is all the buyers that are currently there, they're going to see the house. And if they don't want to move on it, they move on. And now your only opportunity is either to break into a new price bracket to find new buyers or wait for new buyers to enter the marketplace, which does happen, but not nearly at the volume as the buyers that are there right now. There are so many. Well, and that's where we start throwing price reductions at things. And so you throw a price reduction on, and there's a lot of people that think that Everybody's sitting out there and they go, oh, gosh, they just did a price reduction. I should go back and look at it again. They're not going back and looking at it again. The ones that already came through were like, yep, I know that house. That's the overpriced one. Yeah, that's the this cycling to like ping people's emails again and like, oh, maybe people forgot about our house. No, no. I didn't forget about it. They're very clear. They know your home was overpriced to begin with. They're not coming back. Now, when you do lower, Matt, you kind of push down into a little bit of a different price point. You push down into a new search for some people, usually. Or there's people that didn't go look at your house because they thought it was overpriced online. And now they're like, all right, now that it's come down a little bit, maybe we should go back and take a look. We should go in for the first time and take a look at it. So we bring these people in. They all make a judgment. And what I'm finding, Matt, right now is there There are little baby price reductions happening. People are going like, well, let's drop it by 10000 on an $800,000 house. Let's drop it by $10,000. let us drop it by 10000 And now all of a sudden, there's a whole new problem, which is now we're accumulating days on market. And days on market are like a big old black mark on your property where people are looking at it and going, well, why did nobody else want this thing? And this is a reality of what we need to be careful about in these marketplaces that if we don't come on right, 
if we don't listen to the marketplace, if we don't listen to that parade and really take advantage of what that parade is, now all of a sudden we're hanging on and we're hoping that we're going to get this thing sold. I am starting to see some things in the marketplace that you know when you see a property come on that's very similar to yours, maybe even priced a little bit more, uh, maybe a little bit better features, hits the market in four days and goes away and your property that's been on the market for now a month is still sitting there. That's that black mark. That's that moment where people are going like, well, why didn't we sell? We're priced better. We got better features. Yeah, but you have 45 days on the market that that other property didn't have. This is the stuff that we need to start getting ahead of right now. We need to make moves a little bit faster. We need to make some bigger adjustments to protect our people from these days on market. We can't let them just sit there. So it's interesting to see this come back. Yeah. And I believe it's a psychology thing. Like when we say, I was just thinking about it, as you said it, like saying black mark, I don't think it's as much as people say consciously, oh, there's something wrong with that house. We think about the buyer fears. One of them is um, missing out on something new. And the other big one is missing out on the home that they really want. And if your home does provide good features, and maybe it is priced okay, if a buyer sees that it's been on the market for a little bit, they can say, oh, well, I have the opportunity to get that. I'm not worried about that leaving the market, but I am worried that I might miss something else that comes on. So let me just wait a little bit. And since we're in this phase of new inventory coming on at a little bit more, I personally have been seeing a few more homes hit the market. Buyers are then waiting, seeing something new and being, ooh, that one's cool too. So it's not that your home isn't good enough. It's just that the psychology isn't there to create urgency of, oh, I might miss out on it because someone else might get it first. And that allows buyers to wait. So I don't want people to think, oh, there's something wrong with my house. There's just a challenge with the strategy that we have. And so there's two phases of this, I guess, Garrett, that we can talk about is one, let's hit the parade. Let's make sure that we look great and hit the parade. And then there's the, well, okay, what if we miss the parade? Because I also know there's a lot of people who came on the market and maybe they were priced pretty reasonably, but because for whatever reason, there was this pause in demand for some areas, particularly with interest rates and all that kind of stuff. Can we pull some of that back in? Is there a way to get that second mini parade that comes through? And yes, there is. Like You can still get to sold. We can still make it happen, but there's some things we need to consider. So on the front end, Garrett, and I know we talked a little bit about it and we don't need to go in detail, but let's just run through a quick checklist of, hey, being parade ready. Is there anybody who's gone to any store ever? So I'm hoping this hits the majority of the people listening to the podcast. There's always a display. When you walk in the front of the store, there's always a, you know, if it's a clothing store, they've got a mannequin dressed there to the the hilt. I just went into a men's warehouse here a while back and I walked out of there with certain items because they were like showcased in the front of the store right when I walked in. I was like, oh man, that looks good. I want that. Uh, and you go into the supermarket, they have displays right when you walk in to get your attention as you walk into that store to make you go like, Ooh, like that looks really cool. That looks really good. And you end up buying something that maybe you really weren't planning on coming in and buying because of the display and how they put that on. Larry used to refer to it as front of the store pricing or front of the store marketing. You look at your property that you're putting on for somebody. I think you need to look at that and say, are we showing up like that item in a store where it's almost impossible not to notice it? It's that good. It's that shiny. The pictures are that good. The staging is that good. The videos that we're putting together for it are that good that there's just no way you can miss it. 
I think, Matt, you said it, which is really important is, am I creating a vibe about this property that if I don't act on it, it could be gone tomorrow? That little bit of energy around it is so important because all of a sudden we have somebody that's getting that vibe. If other people have it, all of a sudden we have somebody that's going to write an offer. We can get that offer in on that property. If they're like, this thing will be here tomorrow. If we miss it, we miss it. If we get it, we get it. Not that big of a deal. That's what we need to make sure that we're not creating that, especially in this marketplace that we're starting to see with more inventory, with more opportunities. Because you do, Matt, have that person that can say, well, there'll be another home on tomorrow. And what if that one's better than the one I'm looking at here right now? I don't want to even have that thought cross their mind. I want them to be going, no, this is the perfect house. So Matt, what do you think about that kind of mentality? I love that because I think that wraps up everything. Photos, staging, pricing, all of those things into that mindset, that energy, that like, hey, let's make sure that this is an outstanding product that just shines. That's it. If you do that, let's see what the parade says. And then we kind of move from there. And if so, if we miss the parade, now it's like, all right, we're 30 days, 45 days on the market. We missed it or it didn't work, you know, whatever. Maybe the market's changing in a direction that we're not pleased with. So what can we do now? And there's kind of like only a few things you can do. That's the weird thing is once we've missed that mark, Matt, it's not like you can go back and be like, oh, I wish we would have done this stuff. I would much rather do all that stuff to show up at the front of the store and have that presentation so that when all of a sudden we're like, oh no, like we are now accumulating days on market, the parade has gone through. There's not a, I wish I would have done something better. I wish I would have presented it better. Now we know what we have here is we have a price situation. Yeah, we have a price situation, or if there is a condition that you can take it off and, you know, I mean, those are the only two things you can adjust is price and condition. Condition is going to take a lot longer to adjust. Price, you can happen right now. Condition, you're pretty much before it goes on the market. That's where you've got your main power with condition. Fixing condition after the parade has come through. Again, you're waiting for those new people to come on now to be like, okay, this looks pretty good. Because the old ones that remember the old carpet that has stains, they can't let that go. And I think this is where subjectivity comes in. And depending on how your local market is, this is where you as a real estate advisor really have to weigh your objective and subjective opinion to help make the adjustments necessary. Because I've seen people be on the market for two years, make some changes of condition in the house, come on the same price and bang, two buyers right out there. I've seen people drop a major price and bang, there's the buyers right there. And so you also have to look at your market and say, hey, what's going to do more for this buying pool, a condition adjustment or a price adjustment? Because I think there are some markets right now where you can drop the price and it may not make a difference because of the buying population and what they're looking for and what their expectations are. And those are things we can't tell you what the answer to that is. You have to make that assessment for yourself. Well, what I've been coaching people, Matt, one of the things I've been having them do is run absorption rates in the price ranges just below them, like where they're going to be moving to, also the price range that they're currently in. And there's been some marketplaces where they're like, there's no activity. It's been a ghost town here right now. All the other people that have properties that are listed right now at that price are all sitting around going, what's going on? We're not getting any showings. At that point, again, you being a trusted advisor needs to figure out, like, is it a price thing? Maybe it's not. Maybe it is a marketplace. Maybe the buyers are all freaked out in this price range right now. Maybe their stock portfolios all got hit and what's going on. And they're all sitting back going, we'll just pump the brakes for a second. Let's just sit back and wait, 
see what's going to happen. You don't want to make any massive, massive price changes if you can interpret what's going on in the marketplace that that's not going to make a darn difference to begin with. Which is hard to find because the challenge with demand is we don't see it, right? We don't see what the demand is out there. We see realized demand. So we get to see demand missed. Oh, that house went under contract. There's a buyer that could have bought this one. They bought that one. There are buyers out there. There's always people looking. And this is communication. So once you miss the parade, or even during the parade, I would say, as soon as you hit the market, massive communication with other agents, lots of discussion, listen to what people are saying. I'm seeing a lot of sellers start to offer incentives. Are you in a market where you're competing with new construction? You know who's offering massive incentives right now? Builders. Not because they think the market's crashing, but because they're smart and they're sitting on big profits, so they have the ability to do it. Guess who else is sitting on big profits? Sellers. The difference is the sellers look at their equity and go, I want all of it. Builders are looking at it as like, I want to sell more homes. Really good point, Matt. <laughs> you got to look at that and say, okay, well, what can I do? Maybe it's not a $15,000 price adjustment. Maybe it's offering a $15,000 credit to a buyer to ease their down payment, to buy down their rate. The only way you're going to find that out is by talking to other agents saying, hey, what's going on with your buyers? Or talk to your own buyers. Why are your own buyers pushing the pause button? If it's monthly payments and stuff, we can try to come up with a solution to resolve that. Communication is a big part of that. So you have this like analysis that happens once you hit and the parade of buyers is going through, collect the feedback, and then you can determine, okay, are we doing a price? Are we doing a condition? Are we doing an incentive to try to pull these people back in? And that might change the way you look at preparing the next property for the next parade of buyers as well. It's like, hey, maybe we can get ahead of this by doing some of these things. And you can sell homes that way. Which, Matt, you bring up a really good point, which is, again, if you listen to your seller, if you listen to the party that you're representing and you can figure out, okay, well, what... Not listen to it, but educate them and also listen to them at the same time. Now we have paths and directions we can go down. And they may want to take some of that equity and be like, hey, let's put this thing on hold for a second and let's repaint the outside of the house. Like We have the opportunity to do that right now. I have the equity built into the home. We can afford to do this, which at first they may have been kind of pumping the brakes on a little bit and saying, hey, we're not, we don't want to do too much stuff to it. You talked about you know incentives for buyers. We are coming into a marketplace where there's a lot of agents that I'm hearing from kind of going like, well, what does this all mean? How are we going to sell homes? How are people going to want to buy homes? And you know, what are they going to do? And, and it's like, no, there, there's so many positive pieces we have to the negotiating puzzle right now for anybody who's trying to be a buyer and a seller. The amount of negotiating puzzle pieces is incredible. And I think we need to understand that. And the more you can understand that, the more you can educate your clients, the more opportunities you can bring into the game. It's really a great marketplace. And Matt, I am not seeing... I keep hearing that there's less buyers in the marketplace. There's less buyers in the marketplace. I do think there are less. There's still a lot of really good buyers. Like, Stop owning this idea that there's less buyers and, oh no, woe me, what are we going to do? Every property I'm watching out there, if it's put on right, if the price is right, if it's showing up at the best, they're getting hit by a lot of people coming through that door on the first day, which that tells me there are buyers out there. They're just maybe not liking what you're presenting them. And that's not a buyer issue. That's a seller issue. Yeah. And I know these are confusing markets. We're recording this in the middle of October. And yesterday, I just had 
two conversations that were opposites. One was, man, this segment of the market is like just taken off. Like all the buyers are there. A lot of them have cash or a lot of them have the means to just pay the higher payment and they just, they want to make the moves. And then another conversation with someone saying like, everybody's kind of hitting the brakes. They don't know what to do because things are expensive and from a monthly statement standpoint. And I get that when interest rates move from, you know, three to seven, more than double, it's going to make some changes in people's lives when they're like, oh, I could have had a $2,000 a month payment and now my payment's $4,000 a month. That's massive. And those aren't actual numbers, like asterisks, like they just made that up. So if we were like, well, man, it's not really that much. It's like, okay, whatever. Yes, there's some changes, but I think we also localize our own thoughts on what that demand means when we've gone through these years of so much demand. I mean, you can see the demand that did not get realized almost because there used to be the lines out the door and all that stuff. Those people are still there. We just have to have the attractive opportunity for them to want to go. We're still imbalanced, right? Even with this increase in supply nationwide, we are still at a short absorption rate. Say we're at two months, right? That's still a quote seller's market, meaning there's upward pressure on appreciation average. Couldn't that change? Sure, that can change in seasonal cycles as well. When I made the prediction of we're going to have a good fall, I wasn't saying like, oh my goodness, we're going gangbusters. I mean, we're going to have demand there that's going to, you're going to see contracts kind of do this typical cycle and we'll find out once we get, get through this season. I'll put it out there right now that the stories are very different out there across the board, Matt. Like again, I've got people on both sides of the spectrum in a lot of the same marketplaces where you have one group that's going, it's really slow, it's really slow, it's really slow. Oh my gosh, what does this mean? I need to start figuring out how I'm going to make me not have zeros next month. And I had the conversation just yesterday with someone that says, I am in a stage of burnout right now because I am working with so many people that need my help, that need guidance to this marketplace, and I'm getting referrals daily right now. Like, that is two totally different stories. And so, Matt, when you say, I think fall is going to be a strong fall, I think it's really good that you just mentioned, and I think we need to back that up, that we're not talking about at this unhealthy pace that we were at for two years. Like, I think we all need to understand that was not healthy. It was not a good environment. Did a lot of people make a lot of money in it? Yes. When it comes to a sustainable marketplace that is going to be able to thrive forever, you don't want what we just went through for two years. What we do need to look at is right now, we have a marketplace that has transitioned into something where we can all have an honest-to-goodness negotiation. I had somebody that said, I actually had to negotiate the light bulb and the microwave the other day because it came up on an inspection. Like That didn't exist. <laughs> A little bit ago, but it's a good place to be at. And what I believe we're going to see, Matt, and I don't love making predictions, but what I I truly think we're going to see once these buyers settle a little bit in this marketplace and they understand the path that we're kind of going on, that this not, I don't think they're going to, we're going to find a doom and gloom out here where it's like, oh my gosh, properties are worth 30%, 40% less than they were back when. I don't think we're going to see that. Every predictor, every economist that I listen to is not predicting that. As soon as they can get their uncertainty taken off the plate a little bit, we are going to have a nice amount of buyers in the marketplace. They're like, okay, 
I want to move forward with buying. We also have a good amount of sellers that are entering the marketplace that are willing to negotiate and they want to negotiate because they got to move forward, which by the way, is a marketplace that we should all want to embrace that place that we're all looking for of like, when's normal going to come back? And we always say there is no such thing as normal. That's probably, I would say, instead of looking for normal, look for healthy. That's a healthy marketplace that I can foresee coming up here in the near future. At the end of the day, we don't know what's going to look like though. No. Well, I'll add just a couple of thoughts to wrap this up and to kind of kick some ideas for future podcasts out there. One is stop comparing to yesterday when you're presenting and trying to determine what's going to get the parade. It doesn't matter what you would have gotten in the spring because you have no idea that that statement is true because you weren't on the market in the spring. So you can't compare apples and oranges. So let's not do that. Let's just look at what's going on right now and prepare for this parade because this is the market that we're in. That's one thing. And the other thing is it is very different in different pockets of the market, whether that's nationally or even locally, like this neighborhood's on fire, this one, not so much, like what's the deal? So understand that it's different in different places and use your expertise to navigate that because you have access to the data that you need to help your clients make good decisions. And that's the third thing is that all the power of the decision-making is in the hands of your clients. You control the process, control it in a way that helps them make the decisions for the positioning, the condition of the home, the availability for showings. Let's make these homes easy to buy. Make a home easy to buy. That's going to help a buyer come to the table and the last thing, we did a podcast on this a few months ago, but man, more so than ever, it's like negotiation. Let's tune up those skills because a good negotiator can be the difference maker in getting a property under contract through that contract. So a little preview, some ideas that we'll throw out there that we'll maybe, maybe probably record topics on. And if we don't, let us know because we might forget. Garrett, I love this idea. I'm really happy you brought up the Parade of Buyers because this is a concept that just even that statement can make all of you think about, oh, right, the parade of buyers. Let's get parade ready so that we can sell this home and put that mindset in there. And you will see success if you approach it that way. Oh, thanks for kicking around this topic with me, man. Yeah. So folks, thank you so much for joining us. As always, if you want to join our Facebook community, facebook.com slash groups slash The Ninja Selling Podcast, or just search The Ninja Selling Podcast on Facebook. Head over to ninjaselling.com if you want to learn more about that. And November 8th, 6 p.m., don't forget, head over to the Ninja Selling Podcast Live.carrd.co and RSVP for that. And we hope to see y'all in Charleston on November 8th. That's going to be a lot of fun, hosted by Princeton Mortgage. So there it is. Thanks, everybody. As always, we appreciate you. Tons. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjaselling.podcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.